Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 260. Architecture by a, any other name will still be as sweet. <laughs> what? That makes no sense, Julius. Well, architecture is commonly called drafting, or at least in old oh, okay. terms and languages. Yeah, it is. okay, 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 yes, that is true. Yes, and we are talking about drafting today. Sort of like Roland writes, because in Roland writes, you're drawing just like in drafting. Correct? I mean, no. N- no, <laughs> that's not really the terminology that I was using for drafting, okay. but sure, I guess maybe. <laughs> that's a stretch. Yeah, no, today we are talking about drafting games. This is our popular mechanics episode two or three, three I guess. I have no idea. Um, yeah, <laughs> It's just another one. We're not keeping track of them. We're doing them every five weeks. That's the plan. We may be off for a week or two here and there, I suppose. That's possible. But the idea is every five weeks. So probably did, we did one five weeks ago. And today we're talking about drafting in games. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before we started recording, Julia said, wait a second, Albert. What do you mean by drafting? Let's make sure we're on the same page. And I do not mean rolling rights. <laughs> I, I do not I, mean architecture either. No, no architecture or architecture in games. What I mean by drafting is a game where you have a, a, thi- uh, a set of things to choose from, and each turn you could choose one. Um, there are different types. There's many games that are drafting games. I decided to include one extra restriction on top of that is your choice needs to change over time from some other outside influence. It can't just be. What does that mean? It has to change over time. So, so I mean, it can't be like there's ten things to pick from, and the next turn you, you take one, and now there's nine, and now there's eight, and now there's seven. It's it's that it's static like that. What I mean is, the you have to pick one, and there's a good chance that the next time one of those is not going to be there because of some outside influence. It could be because there's a, a random removal ah. or something else. Well, I mean, I find it difficult really to categorize a lot of games as drafting because to me the original like draft that i'm familiar with is like a magic draft or something like that where there's you know you start with a 50 card deck whatever it is and you split it up so every let's say you have five people you split it up so everyone has 10 and everyone picks one and then after that everyone has nine everyone has eight and everyone has seven you keep going Mm -hmm. around until everyone has their 10 and that's it. So something yep. you pass on, you may never see again. And right. Which is which is why I had that stipulation that it can't be static from round to round. It needs to change because in a multiplayer draft, there's a good chance the second card you want to take is going to be gone. I I don't understand necessarily. It can't be static type thing because many draft games add more elements constantly, like. Even mm-hmm. let's say there are five things and there's, it's a solo game. You pick one, you discard another one, and then you refill the pool of five with new ones. Is yeah, that drafting? You, that, is, that is, but see, so I left that out. So one example of a game like that is Clank, which is a deck building game. And each turn you could buy cards. Right. You don't always buy cards, but if you don't buy the cards, they're all going to be there next turn. Every single time. Any cards you don't buy are always going to be there. And that's where I kind of drew the line. I said, you know, I'm going to buy a card. There's a chance that the card I want is going to be gone because the AI is going to take it from me. Or if there's a multiplayer game, an opponent would take it. But in Clank, when you play solo, you don't touch it. It's there for the rest of the game. So it's interesting that you have that extra stipulation that 
my picks didn't necessarily include okay. because another one that I included is Cascadia because in Cascadia, you have your own boar that you're building up with pairs of uh, wildlife on a terrain. And each round there's four pairs of wildlife plus terrain. You draft one of them. Theoretically, the other players can pick in the other ones or the solo game can remove it or removes the oldest one. And you continue to draft and pick those, mm -hmm. but that pool is constantly being refreshed, just like we were talking mm -hmm. about. Yep. And I do kind of consider that because especially that specific pair may not be around. That especially when you play multiplayer, that specific pair not may not be around. It may entirely change. When you're playing solo, you have more control because it's only the oldest. It slides down and so one goes and one stays. So you have more control over which ones are going. But it kind of is drafting, I I mm -hmm. thought. It it is drafting. But I, I find that in a solo game, if if it's static and it never changes, that, that kind of takes out some of the fun of drafting. Because in drafting, a lot of the fun is, do I choose this one or do I choose that one? Because I want them both and, and I know I could probably only get one. So mm, this is tough. Which one do I want? Which one do I really want? And so if it's going to be there every round, that's gone. So let me ask you another mm -hmm. one um, that it's not on my list, but it's one that I'm familiar with. It's Nations the Dice Game. Mm -hmm. so in nations of the dice game you have the tableau there's nine things available and when you're playing solo you you pick one of them i hesitate to say the word draft but you pick one of them and then you roll a d4 and whichever of the columns it comes up with it picks one of those and removes it from the game so theoretically mm -hmm. one of them can come up but you don't know you're not gonna mm -hmm. lose any of the really expensive ones you know that you're secure in those, but you may lose one of the two points, but you may not. To, does that fit your category or does that not? That does fit my category. As a matter of fact, that's one of the games I picked. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, so in that one, yeah. You you don't know what's going to be there. And a lot of times in that game, there's, there's choices. And I choose one because I know there's a chance the other one will be gone. You know, that sort of thing. And... And sometimes, you know, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't because of that random die roll. Okay. So, so, so that's if it's a really random, good example it's okay, of drafting. It's secured, like it's always the oldest. That is something you personally excluded. If it's always the oldest, I might include that. Or the ones I have a problem is when it doesn't remove anything. Clank doesn't remove anything. Uh -huh. I maybe misremember, but I don't think it does. Yeah, it doesn't. I thought it does. I think it removes the oldest. Maybe I'm playing wrong. <laughs> it's been a while since I played it. I wrote it down, and then later on I crossed it out. I said, I don't think that counts. Another example, one that definitely doesn't remove it, is Hostage Negotiator. That's a drafting mm -hmm. game. And that, the cards are static, and if you don't buy them, they're going to be there next turn, so it's no deal if you buy them or not. I, mean, um, I don't even consider that drafting, though. That's just purchasing. You know, so that's interesting. When you look at BGG, that's considered a drafting game. It's, it has a drafting mechanic. So... The, yeah, I mean, that, wrong. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's not on my list. Um, otherwise, I would probably include it because I think it's a great game. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Drafting is kind of a, a, a very gene generic term of taking something into your hand to then be able to use it later. It's kind of the way it seems to be interpreted, at least on BGG. Um, so any any game where, where you're picking something and taking it could be drafting. 
And I thought about that too. It's like, you know, so sometimes you're, you're sure you're drafting and you're pulling things into your hand. And if all there are is victory point cards and it doesn't matter which one you pick, that's not really a draft. That's just taking a thing. Um, so in my mind, it's only drafting if you're taking it. And it also gives you a benefit later if you're going to use it for something later. If you're just choosing it and throwing it into your score pile, that's not much of a draft in my opinion. I wonder if we should be starting these by looking up like a formal definition of drafting and at least reviewing over that because I mean, (laughs) drafting can technically be like you're choosing something from a pool of options Mm -hmm. and after you choose it, it's removed and other options will be removed over the course of the game that you did not choose. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's my definition too technically is worker placement considered drafting because there's a pool of spots you can go to. Yeah. You choose which one to go to and now it's not available anymore. Yeah. But in the next round, all those spaces come back when all the workers go home, right? Depending on the game, I get that. But yeah, next round, everybody now gets to draft from the same exact pool of choices before. So it's a matter that the deck is the same. Let's say I know seven wonders is not, a solo game. So I'm hesitant to even discuss it, but I will Mm -hmm. because it's a very easy one because it's really classic drafting Mm -hmm. seven Mm -hmm. wonders where you deal out a deck of cards. Everyone picks one. Let's say that instead of having the different era decks being different, each era deck was exactly the same. Would that be considered drafting? Because each of the decks is the same. It's the same as a worker placement. There's three rounds. It's the question of which ones you have available to you necessarily. Your pool changes, but yeah, I see. Even if even if you're going through three rounds in each round, you know it's the same possible choices. They're not going to be exactly the same because you're going to shuffle them and you're not going to have all the cards. Mm-hmm. And you're still each turn you're taking one card and passing it on, so you don't know what the other person's taking. A lot of it has to do with that shuffle. It, it is not static from round to round. It, it totally depends on what is in your hand when you get that hand on what you're going to take, right? And when you pass it around, the next time it comes around, it's going to be different. So, Albert, what do you think brings drafting to the table for a solo game? Do you think that drafting is better in a multiplayer game than in a solo game, or or no real difference to you? Not, I mean, not necessarily. I think it depends from game to game, um, whether it's implemented interestingly or not. I don't think it matters in, whether it's multiplayer or solo. I do find that in then in a solo game, even the ones that remove something randomly, it's still an interesting choice. And I think when you're playing multiplayer, you have a decent idea of, of guessing what the person might pick. And you're not going to be mm-hmm. right every time, but you, you know, you're going to be right often. You have a good guess. When you're, when you're doing it solo, like in, in a Nations of Dice game, it is 100% random. You don't know which tile they're going to take because it's a die roll. You know they're going to take the lowest tile at least, so you know they're going to take the high stuff. So there is some intelligence in it, but... But it is more random. But the way I play, it's the same thing. <laughs> is that true? Is that true only if it's a new? Let me rephrase that a different way. You're saying that it's interesting solo when it's being done at random. If it's not at random, like the example I brought up with Cascadia, no, that's still interesting. I think that is still interesting because you're still making okay. a choice. I think so. So as long as things are being removed, even if you have all the knowledge of what quote the other players are going to be doing it's still interesting to you yep because the choice is going to be different next turn you still with cascadia you still have the choice you know there's two tiles i kind of want them both i know that 
depending on what I choose, the other one may be gone because he's taking the last one, right? Mm-hmm. So so if I'm choosing between those two, the other one will be gone. Um, so you still have that nail biting decision to make there, right? And that's that's what I think makes it interesting. That decision. I I mentioned this a little bit because I'm torn. Mm-hmm. I think that if it's being done at random, I think it's primarily similar enough to a multiplayer game that I think it still has a lot of value. But if it's being done strictly that it's always the oldest one, and if you don't, if you see one that comes out, you never need to rush or buy really hard for it. Like here's here's another example: Canvas. In Mm -hmm. Canvas, they actually have multiple different ways to play about which ones are coming out. But let's say you're playing the method where it's always the oldest one goes away. Theoretically, if a new one comes out, if everyone wants it, you might be encouraged to spend a whole bunch of the money, the inspiration in the game, but essentially Mm -hmm. money, to advance further and get the brand new card. But if you know it's just a matter of time, you just wait for it to get cheaper then I feel like that devalues some of the decision points as compared to the multiplayer game. The problem is that when you're playing solo, it's so much easier to just play, hey, I remove this one and then this one, and then it's my turn again. I have to mess with randomizing mm-hmm. it or flipping over inspiration and seeing which one it is or how much he spends or messing around with all that solo turn. It's just super easy, quick streamlined. I take mine, he takes his, move on through life. So I'm I'm torn between the two. Yeah, I w- it sounds like I wouldn't consider it a good one. It, it might qualify me to rules, but it doesn't sound like it's that much fun. And the drafting isn't that much fun of it. The rest of the game might be great, but the drafting aspect, it, it, I wouldn't recommend it for drafting. If somebody said, hey, let me know about a good solo drafting game, that doesn't sound like something I would put on my list because of that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, so what else is on your list? We've we gave one of mine away, and I guess we was that one of yours. Um, well, here's one of mine, and I know I've mentioned okay. like six other ones as we've tried <laughs> to narrow down, and I wanted to pick ones that I really enjoyed, and it was not Cascadia, it was not Canvas, and it was not Nations the Dice Game, even though I really enjoyed those games. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that there's perhaps implementations that I think detract from them as being prime great examples of drafting mechanic one of them that i think is a really good example of a drafting mechanic is mechs versus minions Mm -hmm. now mechs versus minions has a number of other mechanics that are involved there because probably the primary mechanic of this game is programming you have a set of program cards that you will start building up your program board so you'll put a fire in the first slot an energy in the second spot the move and you'll keep building up your board and you'll play through the scenario, beating up, trashing things, going through stuff. So the prime mechanic in the game is the programming element. But the way you get those cards is a very quick time to draft. Normally in multiplayer, you have like two minutes where everyone has to quickly draft and select cards for the round and then they program with those cards. This is a game that you can very easily play multi-hand. I just think you need to have the time values be changed a little bit in order to make sure that tension for the cooperative draft remains. But it's a cooperative draft game, so unlike any of the others I'm going to be naming, 
you're all working together to be able to draft and the element at issue is the clock, but it's a pool of options. You may never, ever, ever see something again, because if you specifically want the fire attacking one, you get one, you may never, ever see one again, but you can slot and change things around and tuck stuff underneath with a couple where you can't really normally tuck stuff underneath, but there are some exceptions, but like, you can change things around. You can modify how it is that your board moves around. It feels very much like the draft is a major component. And because it's cooperative, I think that it works really well solo as compared to the other things that we have listed over and named. Okay. That sounds interesting. I remember you telling us about that game a, a while ago. But I have yet to play it. Really should. Yeah. Yeah, well, we already mentioned uh, we already mentioned nations. Another game I thought had an interesting drafting mechanic, and this is kind of going back in a way to um, Seven Wonders. Right after that came out, there's this game came out and it had a similar mechanism, and it's a forty solo, which I was really excited about. And you played it. It is PAX. Right, and this is a uh-huh. one or more player game, and it's it works like um. Seven Wonders, in that you, you're collecting cards, and different types of cards get you points different ways and have different types of abilities. Similar to the way Nations cards do that. Not not the same at all, but you know, similar concept, I think. Um, yeah. This one has a simple draft mechanic. Each turn, you draw three cards. You're going to pick one and keep it. Pick a second one. You're going to have all... You, that, well, I'm sorry. You're going to draw a card, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to decide, do I want to keep this one? Do I want to give it to the AI opponent? Or do I want to put it back under the deck? And then you're going to draw a second card, make that same choice. You can't choose whatever you chose the first time. So if you decide to keep it, this one now has to either go to the opponent or the bottom of the deck. So now you got, again, that tough choice. Where is this going? And then the third card goes to whichever choice you didn't accept the first time. So each round, you're making that choice twice. And then dealing with the consequences of your decision for the third. And dealing with the consequences, yes. Exactly. And that that is a neat way to handle that, I thought, and I really enjoyed that. And it's such a such a fun game and pretty pretty easy to play and pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. That's actually a really good example because, again, your deck is going to be constantly changing going through it. It's one deck, uh, so definitely this specific card will go somewhere else. And yeah, that's a that's mm. a really good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so much fun. I love that. Uh, Boy, I really want this card, but what? It's it's mediocre. What if I get the next one? Oh, is that going to be better? And that that's such a fun, fun decision to make. Some fun angst. <laughs> so, the another drafting game that I picked, I wanted to try and continue focusing on things that don't really refresh. So it's very much that you're having something come out once and. If you get it, you get it. And if you don't, it's literally gone forever. That thing will never come back up again. So the next one that I want to pick was the Isle of Cats. Mm-hmm. And in the Isle of Cats, the way it works is there's go- you have a bag full of cat polyominoes. And there is some duplication between them, but not necessarily a whole lot, uh, especially in specific shapes, orientations, and colors. You'll draw from the bag a certain number based on how it is that you're doing it, but you'll draw a certain number of tiles out and you'll lay them out in an available pool. Uh, If you're playing multiplayer, so then everyone will start to pick them, so you have to hope that the one you want is still there. If you're not playing multiplayer, they're laid out in order, 
and you'll be flipping over cards and racing against your sister is the name of the AI in this one. But you race against the sister and it'll randomly grab some or it won't. It, it could leave the ones you don't want alone. No way to know without flipping it and seeing which one of the numbers in the tile row it is that it's taking. But it's pulling from a limited amount the specific purple that fits into the slot that you want the AI may take and you will never ever see that specific one ever again. It just doesn't exist in the bag or it's not going come up or the bag may not you know, spit that up because the bag mm-hmm. has enough to s- do six players. <laughs> you oh, only okay. have one player. So the bag may never spit that same tile bag up again. No way to know. So you may need to really rush on it to get the specific polyomino that will fit onto your board. So I felt like this was a great example of where the main mechanic is drafting, almost the entirety of it is drafting with a little bit of polyomino manipulation on your board. And that random player can really just pull stuff away from you that you really need and will never ever see again. Mm-hmm. I like that That's- you picked that one because a lot of the games that I could come across, that I came across that are drafting are cards. You're always drafting cards. And this is a case where it's not a card at all. And I, and I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've given my only spoiler for my last one. My last one is also not going to be a card. Oh, neat. Okay. <laughs> well, very cool. One other that I have, um, it's not primarily a drafting game, but it does have drafting in it each round. It's Imperial Settlers. And it's a fun game. And it also has drafting ahead of the game if you want, in that you could build your decks. So I guess that's sort of a drafting. Um, you could pre-build the deck you're going to play with and see what happens. But each round, you're going to draw four cards from the central deck, lay them out face up. You're going to choose one for yourself, then you're going to roll it and randomly pick one for the AI, and then you're going to choose from the remaining two for yourself. And then the third, the fourth one goes to the AI also. So so each round, you're making two choices. It's random, but I, I like that... Um, that idea that you get two, two pick two, and then you don't know which two you'll get. Hopefully, you get two good ones. A lot of times, what happens is the second cards, the last couple cards, are not that good anyway. So you don't care which one you get. You're saying, "I hope I get the first one, and I hope I get card number three. The other two don't matter, but so I hope it's one and three. And then, you know, invariably, you'll roll for that one, and that one goes to the to the bot. Then you get one of the lame ones. <laughs> but that has fun. I like the drafting. It it it's always a fun little mini game. I think. You, you call it a mini game, though. Why are you calling it a mini game? Because it feels like the whole drafting feels like a, a little mini game at the beginning of the round before the actual gameplay of that round of, of playing cards to your tableau and gathering and spending resources and all that. So before the actual game of doing stuff, you get to do a little mini drafting game. That, that's what it always felt like to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it also has drafting pregame. When you build your deck. <laughs> so it's a double drafting game. That counts for something. Draft, draft tie twice because you didn't <laughs> get tired of it the first time. That's right. <laughs> that reminds me of a game that I didn't write down, which is Sylveon. That has, there's a, a first half of the game, you draft your cards. And then the second half of the game, you play defending your cards. Oh, gosh. I didn't enjoy that one too much. And I didn't I did enjoy either. the drafting part of it personally. But I remember it has. I know that is popular. Some people really liked it. But I did not yeah. find that game personally very satisfying but i know that there's a new uh new game coming out in the whole mm-hmm. 
um what's the name of that series but the new game coming yep. out of that series in the universe series i wonder if we should review over all the other universe games before we maybe review that one because i know i've got like most of those on my shelf mm-hmm. yeah we could do back to the or, or what is it popular mechanics of um universe which is not a mechanic yeah. but hey whatever who cares it's our show <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind that maybe yeah okay um i mean there are definitely other games in the Odinverse series that I think would count as drafting. You brought up Sylveon. I think probably Arion would also be considered a drafting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's a limited information draft type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the mechanic in that too. Well, you roll your dice. You roll your dice and then you can pick if you want to spend your dice to buy one of the available ones. Um, and each of them, they have a deck that show you what else can be in the deck. And you can dig deeper in the deck or discard cards to be able to do it and try and get more options. Mm-hmm. It's a limited type draft. It's not on my list. I wouldn't say that drafting is really like the main type of thing. But I had a little yeah. trouble including games where like that, where you're rolling your dice and then you can buy something based on what you rolled. It. it it kind of doesn't feel like a drafting mechanism, I thought. Did I write one down for that? I did not write one down for that. I also, in general, had a little bit of trouble with the idea of drafting where you have to pay for the cards. Because if you can't afford it, then your choice is just limited anyway. <laughs> I hear you. So, I, don't know, I, th- I thought that was interesting. But, no, that that is a... Uh, well, that is let me right. get into my third and final one, then. Okay. Um, so, my third and final one was actually Suburbia. Hmm. Uh, right. Suburbia is, it's a drafting game, but it has mm-hmm. tiles that you're drafting instead. And when you're playing through, there's a market of tiles that are going to come out of the course of the game. Earlier tiles are cheaper or tiles that have been there for longer are cheaper. Brand new tiles are more expensive and you'll go through like that. When you pick a tile, another tile will come out. Everything else slides down, continue getting cheaper. You're trying to grab those tiles to build up your own city, and you'll arrange your city with those tiles. They're hex-based tiles, and you're lining them up based on neighboring and trying to score points and trying to have the biggest city over the course of the mm-hmm. game. When you're playing solo, the game does have two versions. I think that yep. one of the versions is better than the other, and that's the one that I'm referring to, which is the Dale the Bot version, right. which is an actual robot player. When you're playing through with Dale, what happens is you pick one, and then he has to pick whatever the most expensive one that he can do. So he'll probably grab like the best ones. Um Sometimes it's going to be the ones that have just come out because they're going to be more expensive. They're all the way, way up on the board. Or if like you're hoping that something really expensive is getting cheaper, he may end up grabbing that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know it's, it's not fixed. And on the other hand, it's not super, it, it's not super difficult to be able to figure it out. It's not like you have to run a flow chart. Like sometimes you'll want this or sometimes you'll deprive you of that or da, 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 da. whatever it is he's going to be getting something of them. It's a limited amount. It's not normally there's like six and there's only, I think four is what it is when there's Dale the bat out. So there's less there that there are to pick for both you and him, but it still feels both 
able to do easily, but not fixed. It feels like it has that same sort of tension that you're getting from the multiplayer game. Now, I kind of been saving it to last because it's still almost like just running through it and it's just grabbing one of them. It, it is kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, especially because they have an app that it's much better, in my opinion, to play against the robot programming as opposed to playing against a non-programmed AI, which is almost a shame. But, I mean, I still really enjoy it. And... Mm-hmm. I still think it's really good. I just think that maybe it just doesn't shine too much in comparison to the app, and I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah. I looked at that one, too, and I, I remember that has two variants, two solo variants. The first one doesn't have any any um, randomness. So the, the first variant I, remo- I excluded simply because everything will still be there every turn unless you took it. Right. The second variant, Dale then starts messing with you, and I like that about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I generally don't even like playing with the first variant. I seem to remember I liked that one all right. I thought that was because it was less less overhead. I, I appreciated that about it. Yeah. 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 And I think that possibly is because that, that might have been the reason I was pushed to the app is because one had too much overhead, mm-hmm. but more fun to play. One had less fun and no overhead. And then the app was yep. the nice, <laughs> nice in between. Yep. I do appreciate that they give you choices of different ways to play. That is pretty neat. You don't see that yeah. too often with solo variants. So my last game I'm going to mention, I had written Suburbia, but instead, since you already brought it up, I got my other one. <laughs> I, I, had, I had two it. last choices. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard of this one before. It's similar to PAX uh, Lux Eterna. I've not actually heard of that one. You're picking okay. one that is totally out of left field for me. That one is by Tony Boydell, same guy who designed uh, Snowdonia and a few other games, very popular games. This one is it's a small card game, and like packs, you, you're gonna you can have a number of cards each turn. You can decide what to do with a different card. Okay, no barking, no, no. Ooh, hang on, cat food. There, I spread cat food throughout the floor. <laughs> so, so in that game. Th- there's a couple of things interesting about about this game. One is that it's a timed game. So so you might appreciate that about it. It's specifically a solo game. And you're in a spaceship and it's had some technical malfunctions and it is falling into a star. So you're racing against time. Um the the way it works is each turn you get you're gonna draw four cards. With these cards, you're gonna pick one for the event that's written on the card. A second one, you're gonna use it for its action. A third one, you will get to um, use it for the timer of the game, the you know moving your ship into the center to the star where you fall and die. And the mm-hmm. fourth one, you're going to tuck in, and you could use that as a backup instead of the the th- four you have drawn that next round. And so that that again has that nice drafting choice where it's 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 a different type of drafting. You're choosing what to do with the different cards. They don't come back. John was upset for the fourth one, I guess. And and you get to choose how to use each one. So it's a neat little game. It's kind of the the theme is super cool. The art style that I really liked. The mechanics I thought felt a little dry and I want to say mathematical, but I'm not sure that was right. But but still, it's a, it's a neat little game. I love it. Yep. So there we go. It yeah, looks, and like I said, it's time you don't have to play it quickly. 
And I've read where some people don't bother doing that. They just play it like a, a normal game and just think out each thing and take their turn. I don't remember. I think it was like, was it like a 10-minute game or something like that? I, I don't remember now. Yeah. 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 Whatever. But you definitely know what sort of stuff piques my interest. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you like those timer games. I liked, I liked the game, but I didn't enjoy the timer in it so much. And I think, you know, you're welcome to adjust the timer all you wanted. What I really like about the game is the art style. It's really cool sci-fi. Yeah, it looks very neat. Very dark, yeah. So there we go. We've talked about a, quite a few different uh, <laughs> types of drafting games. Including you know, of some discussion of ones that we don't consider drafting. I'm sure others may. And what and what the heck is drafting anyway? So that, that that was a fun conversation, I thought. All right. Well, it was good talking to you, Albert. Thank you, you too. You, see you another time. Good night, right. everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.